For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Believe in Bengals podcast. Adam Jones could not be with us this week, but we have a very special guest. That's right. Not for only Cincinnati Bengals fans, but for Denver Broncos fans, too, as we get ready to preview the Week 15 contest between the Bengals and the Denver Broncos. We say hello and welcome to the Cincinnati Bengals former first round pick in the 1991 draft, 18th overall and two time Super Bowl winner with the Denver Broncos, Big Al, Alfred Williams in the house. What's up, Al? How you doing, bro? Man, I'm doing so well, man. It's always great to be with you, Sally. It just warms my heart to think about our friendship and how far it's grown. And, and man, I just love you and I appreciate your leadership and your guidance over all the years. And it's, it's always good to visit with you. Hey, man, great to be on with you as well. We're going to break it down for everybody, let everybody know how we first met all the great things that you have done in your life, what you did for our alma mater at the University of Colorado, what you're currently doing. We're so proud of you. But first, I got to let people know that the Believe in Bingo podcast is brought to us by Bet Online. That's right. We're back, at, we're back in better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season. More prop bets, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all basketball and football action that's right bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports bet online that's where the game starts all right first of all man first we got to look back at the Cincinnati Bengals game for week 14 man those 49ers have been a thorn in the Bengals side you know when I was here in 88 how we lost to them in the Super Bowl and now they came through town, our boy John Embry. He, <laughs> our boy John Embry brought George Kittle through here, and they, he wrecked shop on us, man. So, you know, I, you know how John Embry coaches tight ends. Just kind of talk to us about, uh, you know, about this last week game. I just want to get your take on what John Embry's doing with, with George Kittle and about those 49ers, because that's one of your former teams. You played for the Bengals but you also spent the season with the 49ers. Yeah, I think that uh, when you think about the tight end uh, position, there, there are great tight ends, there are good tight ends, and then there are tight ends that you wish that you can get off your roster. Well, <laughs> it seems that with uh, John Embry, what seems to happen with him is that he takes really good tight ends and makes them great tight ends because with him, you can see that what he emphasizes the most is effort. 
and effort in not just the passing game. Look, man, George Kittle pancake block Von Miller in, in Von Miller's initial game playing for the Rams. And Von Miller has never been pancake before in his wow. NFL career before that. So when I tell you that the guy is getting the most that he can out of the players that he's been involved with, including Antonio uh, 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 Gonzalez, yep. Kelsey, uh, not Kittles. Uh, look, he's just been a, he's been a great positional coach in the NFL at the tight end position. I think the guy is a, a fantastic talent as a coach. He went to the University of Colorado with us. He was born and raised in, in Colorado, went to Cherry Creek High School there. And the guy's been a great coach. You mentioned so He sent all these guys to the Pro Bowl. He was coaching Tony Gonzalez. I told him, I'm not giving you credit for that one, John. <laughs> I said, I'm not, I ain't giving you credit for that one, man. But it is on his resume, so I got to mention it. Then he went to Cleveland. He coached Jordan Cameron, sent him to the Pro Bowl, a tight end for the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Then he get Cameron Bray in Tampa, sent him to the Pro Bowl. Yes. And then uh, Travis Kelsey in Kansas City sends him to a pro to Pro Bowls early in his career. And then he drafts this kid out of out of the University of Iowa in the fifth round, George Kittle, who's arguably become the best tight end in football. Now, you and I both know our Bengals are going to take on your Denver Broncos this week. OK, it's going to be a heck of a game. It's going to be in Denver. Right. Both teams are seven and six. Al, how do you see this one playing out? And uh, who do you think comes out the winner and what's got to happen in order for that to take place? I think the I think the game is going to be interesting because what the Bengals have done is that they have they have reestablished the run game. I mean, they mm -hmm. have come out and done things in the run game that is that have really set up all of the one on one deep balls down the field. Teams have now paid attention to Joe Mixon and his ability to create uh, a forward thrust in the run game. The one cut system seems to work for him. And I know that running zone offense that they have has been perfect for Joe Burrow, a guy who can get on the perimeter and, and make the plays down the field. The boot game works. And the one thing that I love about the, the Cincinnati Bengals as I'm studying them is that their run game, Solly, matches up with their play action. Mm -hmm. And that is something that we have not done here in Denver. Okay, when, no. we run, when, when we want to run the ball here in Denver, we run the rock. Okay, we That's run right. it. That's right. But the play action isn't as coordinated to match up with the run game, which is a problem. Mm -hmm. um, but I think at home in this crowd, in this thin air, uh, the Broncos get a win because it's going to come down to a fourth quarter game. What the Bengals have been terrific at, and every time I turn on the film, I'm finding uh, <laughs> uh, uh, videos of new ways of these guys getting turnovers turnovers hey, man. they have been turnover bosses but the one thing that the broncos don't do is turn the rock over well, i think two of the best safeties you know justin simmons and um jesse bates right um the the, the, the safety for the denver broncos safety for the cincinnati Bengals, respectively i think they're really good guys i think they're ball hawks i think they can come away with the ball um and it's going to be interesting to see um, who can help their defense the most when it comes to that position. Now, uh, you were talking about Cincinnati Bengals and their ability to run the ball with Joe Mixon. They do a yes. great job. I yes. think they do. They integrate the pass. We know about Jamar Chase, man. He's putting up big numbers. 
Uh, T. Higgins on the other side, putting up huge numbers. Unbelievable. So tell me, because I love the Denver Broncos rookie running back, Javante Williams. This is a dude now. I, Cincinnati Bengals better be ready for this guy. And the players you guys have around Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know why you can't be explosive with a Jerry Judy, a Tim Patrick. Cortland Sutton is a dude. People need to understand this guy is a bad dude walking. And then you've got the running back in the backfield. So why have we not seen the explosive plays part of this Denver Broncos offense this season? Well, I think once again, Solly, when we want to throw the ball, we get in the shotgun and we tell everybody we're throwing the ball. Yeah, telegraph. Telegraph. Just just telling everybody, here we come, okay? Mm. And and certainly, um, you know, every team can do that. I mean, it's it's the reason that we have, you know, periods in practice that only emphasizes on the pass. But when you're talking about hitting big plays, the home run plays, they come off a play action where you get a one-on-one because you have been running the ball successfully and you are going to stretch the defense by at least throwing up what we call chunk plays, four mm-hmm. or five deep shots against the defense, no matter what coverage is there in, if you recognize a one-on-one opportunity, whether it's zone or man, if you feel like you can get a one-on-one, then that's how you get these chunk plays. We haven't done it. I, I You know, I... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, here's know. the deal. Don't do it this week either. Don't, ain't, no <laughs> sense, ain't no sense of Denver Broncos coming out of their slumber week 15. You guys can right. wait till next week to get that offense rolling, all right? Man, I tell you, Sally, it's been, it's, been, it's been the thorn in my side when I'm talking about the Denver Broncos and their offensive football philosophy. Yeah. Because last year, we were, in, um, we were in three wide receiver set 70% of the time. And this year, we're in the two tight end sets 70% of the time. We've yeah. had a total reversal of, of, of offensive philosophy. And our tight ends are fantastic. Now, both tight ends that we have here, Okuwebenam and, of course, Noah Fant, run in the four fours. Now, let me say that again. Both tight ends run in the four four. And if they, you know, last week we got Noah Fant uh, open down the field on the, on the sideline. Uh, for a big gainer, but it's just not been a, a, a something that we can hang our hat on. But after Kittle scarred up the Bengals last week, <laughs> look for the tight ends right. to have a big part in this game. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I want you to take me in the mind of Denver Broncos head coach, a defensive coach uh, by trade, Vic Fangio. And what is he going to do with the first round pick, Patrick Sertan Jr.? Do you put him on T. Higgins? Do you put him on Jamar Chase? Remember, he went to Alabama, Patrick Sertan did. So he's played against both of these guys when they were in college, right? Playing against LSU, playing against Clemson. You only got one of those guys, though. So who, if you had to use Patrick Sertan, your first-round pick, the talented rookie out of Alabama, who are you going to put him on, Jamar Chase or T. Higgins? He plays left cornerback. Anybody who shows up on the right side of the defense, you can see Patrick Sertan. They're going to get some. Both guys going to get some. Well, if you want some, you can they get go, some. They going to get some. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> telling you right now, Solly, what, what, what's been yeah. great about our team and its makeup mm-hmm. is that it's, it is one of the top three most expensive secondaries in all of football. Yeah. We yeah. have guys that have – we have yeah. Darby, we have Fuller, 
We can have, play. They can play. Yeah, yeah, we have. You mentioned Justin Simmons. Of course, we have uh, uh, Patrick Sertan as a first round draft pick, and then Kareem Jackson is the boss of the entire secondary. Yes, he, he is a hat bringer. A guy number forty one would have loved that play with because I'm telling you, man, yeah. he's hundred and eighty five, hundred ninety pounds, and I'm telling you, he does not chop his feet to tackle. Thank so you. I'm, I'm telling you, this guy is. It's it's been it's been good watching him it's been refreshing because the one thing here in denver that it's always been known for is great safety play that's right great safety play that's from right. billy thompson to yep. steve atwater to dennis smith, dennis smith. To, that's to, right. to, to to john lynch to uh um uh to to now justin simmons and, and don't even uh, Brian Dawkins even played here at he the sure same position. John Lynch, John Lynch, John, right, right, there. John Lynch. I mean, That's so, right. so right. we've had our our share of great safety play, mm-hmm. and right now, man, it is just as good as it's been in the past, and I'm happy for it because I think we, as an organization, the Denver Broncos organization, want to play a physical brand of football. But in today's NFL, you got to do it the right way, and these guys have learned to do it the right way. So let me let me ask this question. Because this guy captured the imagination of the entire country during his 2019 season at LSU. We all know about the Heisman Trophy. What's the fan base there saying with the anticipation of getting to see Joe Burrow in person for the very first time? I know it's got to be a buzz around there, particularly with the media, because I'm going to tell you, Al, he's the real deal, bro. There's real no, deal. there's no doubt about that. There's <laughs> listen, we can talk about a lot of things that are, yeah. are, 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 are smoking mirrors. He's yeah. not one of them. He That's is right. the real deal. And you can tell he holds people accountable. Yeah, His man. offensive line, Sally, I'm telling you, oh. man, the offensive line, <laughs> they play hard for him. Yeah. They block for the runner, Joe Mixon. Yeah. You know, you know, th- there was something about Joe Mixon that I didn't like. Early in his career, it, it felt like he was a showboat guy, you know, and I don't like those guys necessarily. Yeah. I'm, I'm a guy. Really- I, I'm a guy who 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 played with uh, some great players, some Hall of Fame players. Of course, I played with the great Anthony Munoz there. That's right. And in, uh, in, in Cincinnati was not a showboat player. OK, I played with Steve Young and Jerry Rice, two guys that are Hall of Famers, not, not showboat uh, type of guys. I played with Terrell Davis, Hall of Famer. No showboat in him. But I did play with Shannon Sharp now. He is a showboater. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Hey, Shay going to let you know. He going to let let you know. know. He going to let you know. (laughs) So I don't necessarily like those guys on the offensive side that that, that's in their DNA. But I think that uh, he's he's reeled it in. And I think what I'm, I'm seeing now is a more mature running back who understands what's at stake here. And I do believe that the Bengals right now have the right guy at running back. They have the right guy at, at, at tight end. They have the right guys at wide receiver. And at quarterback, they have a very special guy who one day could be in Canton if he stays healthy. Now, Sally, now, a, a, after doing about four or five game breakouts yeah. on this guy, you know, I don't know who is advising him, but I would, tell the, I would tell Joe Burrow. Get down, bro. Get down. How did get you down. know I was going there? Get down, how you, bro. I, I, how did you know I was going there? Because I'm, I'm watching this guy run with the football, and I'm thinking, Ooh. what are you thinking? <laughs> you know, you know, like yeah, I, I heard Bruce Arian last week tell Tom Brady, we got to stop that, you know, you know, yeah. like, four-letter word, right? You, so you got to stop this crap. You're not a oh, running back. Running. Right. And, you, and you're not Lamar Jackson, bro. Know who you are, right? 
Right. And so I've seen yeah. that happen, and I've seen a couple of defenders not take shots on him on the sideline. But I'm telling you, it's in coming. my NFL, in my NFL, when yeah. I was playing, if I saw that guy, I'm going to get you. I, who I know that's the best chance for them to beat us. Yeah. If I saw him running on the sideline, there would be no doubt he'd be on the ground. I'd take the penalty and take the fine. Al, they played, the Bengals played Green Bay here earlier in the season. Um, that means Aaron Rodgers came to town. Mm -hmm. As soon as the game was over, Aaron just ran over to Joe Burrow after the game and said, hey, man, like how you play. You hell of a player. Get down, mm -hmm. man. You need These dudes going to hurt you, man. You need to get down, protect yourself. You need to do a better job of that. This is coming from one of the goats, one of the right. greats of the game. And he's telling him, he's speaking from experience. And right. He's had a collarbone busted up. He's been knocked out for the season. And, yeah, we all want Joe to, to stay healthy. I Look, I want to touch base with you on one thing because I know uh, Denver Bronco Nation lost a very special young man in DT, Demarius Thomas. I still remember him in that playoff game. If you can make Tim Tebow look good, you a bad dude. <laughs> he, he took that thing to the house, 80 yards, walk-off touchdown in overtime in the playoffs against my man Dick LeBeau. He did it to my, my guy Dick LeBeau, man. It, it broke my heart, but I was happy for him. People don't know he was a very special young man who played at Georgia Tech in a wishbone offense, still was a first-round pick for the Broncos and put up monster numbers with the Broncos, just kind of give us some flavor for what kind of young man he was, because I know he's going to be missed. Oh, solid, man. He was just a solid guy, man. I mean, big, gentle, country, you know, <laughs> yeah. just as country as he could be, man. I mean, when he got here to the Denver Broncos, uh, you know, it, 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 it's almost like he had to have a, 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 a PR session to, to get everybody <laughs> on the same page about what we were talking about. And, uh, you know, I'll just tell you a quick story. When he was uh, a rookie, he didn't play initially because he had uh, lingering injuries from his college days. Okay. And um, I went over to the team hotel where they were because I had a buddy of mine that was also injured and staying at the team hotel. And I saw him and, you know, I, I, I worked for KOA, here in Denver, but I worked right. for a different radio station at the time. And I uh, interviewed all of the players that were drafted. So I got a chance to meet him in person on the first day he was in town. And so I got a chance to know him and talk to him during training camp and, and through, through that process. And then I remember just sitting there and having this conversation with him when he was a rookie about uh, his expectations and what's to come. Because he didn't, you know, you got to imagine when you're a first round draft pick, you go to everything, you dress for everything, you participate in everything. And he didn't, man. And he was hanging his head low, man. I had a had like a 20 minute Solomon Wilcox and <laughs> Alfred Williams kind of conversation. And it's going to be right. it's going to be OK. You're yeah. going to work through this. Everything's mm -hmm. going to work out fine. You just got to remember, you know, to play your butt off when you get a chance and, right. and just just let it all go. Let, and you know what, man? We had a great re relationship that year. It, it blossomed in year two for him professionally. And I've just been a fan of his ever since, man. He's just, he's going to be greatly missed. My kids took a picture with him every year in training camp, man. Wow. It was, he, he was like that for the fan base around here. Yeah. Just a big country, humble guy who That's just right. loved playing ball, man. He That's just right. loved playing ball. Didn't have, he didn't have that demeanor that we talked about earlier. He's not a showboat guy and I, I could appreciate him. 
people don't know he and Calvin Johnson both played together wide receiver position at Georgia Tech there in Atlanta. Uh, they both came out of a run-oriented offense, ended up becoming two of the great wide receivers in the National Football League while they were playing. Hey, I know you got to get going, but I want people to know a couple of things about you. One, you were Paul Brown, the great, legendary yes. Paul yes. Brown's last first-round pick yes. in 1991. Not only did you wear number 91 for the Denver Broncos, but you were drafted in 91 in the first round by the Cincinnati Bengals. The legendary Paul Brown drafted a lot of players, man. Jim Brown, including, but you were his very last first round pick. When I say that, what comes to mind? I was a, a proud moment. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who understands the history of this uh, of this NFL and yeah. understands the history of the kind of coach that Paul Brown was, the kind of executive he was, mm -hmm. and how he and what he meant to Cleveland as well as Cincinnati. Yeah. And, you know, um, I just will never forget the day that I signed. You know, I was sitting there, Solly. I, I had my uh, signing bonus check in one hand, and, and I had shaking his hand in the other hand. <laughs> Let me see if I got a piece of paper around here. It was oh, like man. this. You were shaking. So, I was, so I had, he had the check in one hand, and I was shaking, and I was pulling the check. I was pulling the check. <laughs> He wouldn't let go of that check. He was telling me, yeah. he was telling me a life lesson that, yeah. that you probably were told as well. What mm -hmm. he was telling me, first of all, we're not going to renegotiate your contract. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. You signed this deal. You're going to play out this deal. And certainly Mike Brown held me to that same standard. Okay, yeah. You signed the deal. You're going to play out the deal. Then the second part was he wanted me to know that football wouldn't last and mm -hmm. I needed to have another career outside of football. And I should start developing that career as soon as possible. That's now right. you got to understand this, man. You got to understand this. Mm. You know, we could, we could talk a lot about football. We could talk about a lot about experiences yeah. and we could talk about, you know, wins and losses, but what we can't talk about enough is the transition from this game into right. our communities. That's right. Paul, Paul Brown was a champion of players transitioning the right way That's right. into their community. That's it's right. something that I'll never, ever forget. Yeah. I'll always tell the story, and I'll always be thankful for his guidance, even as a young, young player in this league. And I'm certainly, man, I have a – I have in my house, I don't have a whole bunch of memorabilia. I'm in my office. I have two pictures one of CU and, and, and one of my, uh, uh, my Super Bowl winning jersey, Super Bowl, first Super Bowl winning jersey. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but Mike Brown gave me the 75th anniversary bingo um, piece of art that I have in my house. Uh, it's, it's not in view here, but I keep it. And, I, and I'll That's never, wonderful. I'll never, ever in my life, never, ever in my life, get rid of it. I love Paul Brown, he was great for me. I love Mike Brown because mm. he was always a fan of mine. That's Mike right. Brown, That's you know, right. I, I didn't like my time in Cincinnati. <laughs> I did not like it. It was hard, man. You were losing a lot of games, Al. <laughs> not only were we losing, yeah, but while I played for the Cincinnati Bengals, mm. there were race wars, there was police tension, okay. and there were a lot of things that were unruly going on in the city. Mm. It just wasn't the ideal situation for a guy who came from Boulder, Colorado. It, right. you know, so That's I was right. trying to fit in. I just never fit into that community. But 
just to tell you who Mike Brown is to me, when I went into the College Football Hall of Fame, I got this letter, man. And I had been retired for, you know, four or five years. Mm -hmm. And I went into the College Football Hall of Fame. I got a letter from Mike Brown. And as soon as I got the letter, man, I saw it. Um, I teared up because I was thinking, you know, like it didn't end well for me there in Cincinnati, but he's still we pulling for you. Pulling for me. We always communicated well, right? Mm-hmm. We, he always communicated well. And I picked up the phone and I called him. Good. And we had a good conversation. That's right. We had a really good conversation. And at some point, Sally, I, I hope I can get back to a game. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, during the season, I'm, I'm committed to the Denver Broncos and, and the organization around here. But Mike Brown has been my champion for a long time. I really appreciate him. Really appreciate him. Well, it, this is the thing. You and I are connected uh, and have been for a long time because uh, while hosting you on your recruiting trip to the University of Colorado, <laughs> I kind of I kind of felt responsible for you. But you you helped win a national championship by your senior year. Just as I was leaving, you were coming into the program. You end up being a strong leader for that program and helping them to win a national championship in your final season. And then just as you come to Cincinnati to join the Bengals, I was leaving <laughs> right. as you got here. So um, as closely connected as we are together, I never got to, to, to play with you because I was always leaving as I was bringing you in. And I really felt bad that because we won when I was here in Cincinnati. Right. And, just, and just as I was leaving, you came here and had to deal with, a whole different environment, a whole different fallout. Right. But you handled everything with such class. And then you went on. I remember when you were leaving the Bengals to go to the 49ers. I tried to get you to take that big check from Mike Brown. They, <laughs> they, were, all, they were offering you all that money. I was like, Al, don't take the money, man. It's going to set you up for life. You can't spend them Super Bowl trophies. But you were committed. <laughs> you were committed to winning. And then you end up leaving San Francisco to go to Denver. And end up winning two Super Bowl trophies with John Elway. So what do I know? <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> hey, Sally, I'll never forget you, you know, that <laughs> phone call, you know, and, and and certainly people around that won't know the relationship that we really have, yeah. you know, as you've been my big brother, my mentor, <laughs> uh, my, 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 my career advisor, my professional <laughs> coach, my psychologist. <laughs> uh, you, you, you've talked me off the ledge a bunch, man, when it comes to a lot of, uh, bad decisions. And uh, I'll never forget you telling me, take the money, Alfred. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Take the money. What are you doing? And I'll say, man, it was, you know, I think Mike, I think Mike is loyal to a fault, mm, to a okay. fault. Okay. And I All think right. that he stuck with David Shula far too long in Cincinnati. He was not the right guy for that Mm -hmm. job. And I don't mind saying it. If he was standing right here, I'd I'd yell it to him in his face. Yeah. I'll give you one. History has proven you to be correct on that. (laughs) Let let me, let me give you, let me give you what happened. And I, you know what, I'll tell you this because it's important when I tell you what happened, this will give you the mindset of what was going on in the team. I think it was my year four. Yeah. And we had a team meeting. It's either year three or year four. We had a team meeting. And <clears throat> David Shula said, okay, guys, we're going to have, uh, uh, we're going to set a goal here. We want to win two out of our first four games. 
Mm. Okay. Meaning we want to go 500. Yeah. So we went, oh, and four. <laughs> so after the fourth game, <laughs> after the fourth game, we're sitting in the meeting room for week five. Okay. He said, fellas, we had to go to go on four. Can anybody tell me what went wrong? Oh, my God. I put my hand up. Yeah. You didn't tell us which two to win. <laughs> and of course I got fined. But he, he I got the mad. money back. He didn't take oh, that well, did oh, he? Listen, man. <laughs> you can never, you can never, you can never approach any game like you know you're no. going to lose. I no. don't care who it is. Every I game mean, you expect to win. Every game. Every don't game. you ever in your life. Don't Every you game. ever put that guy with that kind of mentality in front of your team ever That's again. Right. There you go. See, when we talk about hiring coaches, this is the kind of stuff people need to know. When you came out of the University of Colorado, you probably lost four, five, maybe six games at the most your entire college career. Right. And you blew by that in your rookie year in the first month, month and a half, right? Yeah, first, but, but six but, weeks. But we had Sam Weiss, which was which was great. That's a whole you know, Sam was great. Sam, Sam yeah. was great. Yes, yeah, uh, because was great. Sam, I played Sam, Sam, yeah, Sam, Sam knew how to push the buttons. We just didn't have it for some reason that year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they made a change and it was it was. But, you know, I, I watched I, I've been watching that team play for years. I've mm. been watching because I know Mike Brown. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know Katie Brown. I know yeah. Paul Brown Jr. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I know yeah. the family. I know the family. That's the right. family was good with me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, I've been a fan of of the family, and I know they're loyal to a fault, but yeah. this time I think they got a right at head coach. Yeah, I do too. I think they, I think they got a guy mm-hmm. that, that could be there for 25 or 30 years, and that is saying a lot. Well, right now they're ahead of schedule. They're seven and six, taking on the Denver Broncos, who are also seven and six. This game is pivotal for both teams, but the Bengals are ahead of schedule. No one expected them to be competing for a division title and a chance to go to the postseason in Joe Burrow's second season. But they mm-hmm. could, they've done well in free agency. They drafted very well. Don't forget to stop by and say hi to Mike, Katie, and her husband, Troy Blackburn. I'm sure they would love to see you at the game. And uh, remember, don't wake up the offense for the Denver Broncos this week. <laughs> Let them stay sleeping, man, till next week. Because we we need this one, Al. We need it, man. I want Not thank as much you. as we do. <laughs> I know, that's right. Hey, I want to thank you. We need to do this more often. You know, I'm on with you over at KOA every Wednesday. I get to join you over in, in Denver and get to uh, have all the people – in that market here, what we have to say about football, but you are the best at what you do. I'm so proud of you. I can't tell you how proud I am of you and how well you've done throughout your life. Keep doing your thing, man, and keep being a leader in, in the community there in Denver, okay? Can't wait to get back to the Montgomery Inn and play that good <laughs> golf out there. You and you Love you, brother. You take All care right. of yourself. Love you too. That is okay. Big Al joining us right here on the Believe in Bengal podcast. Don't forget to join us next week when we come back. Thanks, Al. You got it. You can't stop this every day.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.